The Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by CellMaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. CellMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. CellMax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, CellMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device you need a battery for, Sunmax Batteries has the best batteries at the best price for your device. Order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON, that's coupon code BOSTON at checkout, and save 20% off your entire order. Once again, that's coupon code BOSTON at checkout and save big today. Semicebatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks, as always, to Dolly Dreams. For the intro music, it is NFL draft season. Finally, NFL draft is only six days away. It's going to be a welcome sight for a lot of you who are craving some sports content, I know. And it's a welcome sight for our NFL draft expert and college football expert, Andrew Nason, a guy Boston Sports, who is joining us to talk everything Patriots draft and some other NFL draft related notes. Nason, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, man. So, Today we're gonna we're gonna get into a few things. I want to just start with the quarterback position because I know you have some strong feelings on that for the Patriots, particularly as it relates to the draft. Um, Jared Sidham. A lot of people have pegged Jared Sidham as the guy since Tom Brady left, and I know you're one of those people. So I know you want you want to elaborate on that. So so I want to ask you two questions. One, what do you think of the quarterback class in this year's draft? And two, why do you believe Jared Sidham? is the Patriots' next franchise quarterback? Um, to start off on the quarterback class, it's top-heavy. That's the best way to describe it. You got Joe Burrow, you have Tua Tagovailoa, and that's assuming he can stay healthy. Um, but those guys have star potential. Then you get your Justin Herbert and your Jordan Love, who two guys who have the tools to be successful, You know, really good arms, solid size, mobility. Um, it's a matter of on-field decision-making. You know, Are they going to be able to translate to the NFL um, personally, I think they're guys who need to sit for a bit of time and then start. You have kind of that third tier of Jacob Eason, who's got a giant arm, you know, is a typical pocket passer. Jake Fromm, who's the IQ guy with not a lot of physical traits. And Jalen Hurts, who I'll talk about a little bit more, who's more of the mobile guy who had the big year at Oklahoma. Um, and you have those seven guys who are probably going to go in the top three rounds. And after that, it's a dumpster fire, to say the least. Um, my next highest rated quarterback is Nate Stanley, who maybe, you know, he's a he's got the prototypical size, decent arm. Um, you know, he's a multi-year starter. But, you know, I have him as like a sixth round pick. So if you're going to get a quarterback this year, you got to go early. Um, the guys who you, you know, some of those guys that you can get in the second, third round, they're not guys who can start for you immediately. There's, you know, it's a long-term development thing there. Um, so to answer your question, it's top heavy. Um, in terms of Stidham, you know, I, I like the kid. He's got mobility. He's got a good arm. You know, he dropped, a lot of people had him, as a first round quarterback going into the 2019 draft early in the year, you know, before the college football season started, you know, he obviously 
did really well at Baylor before transferring to Auburn, had a good solid first year at Auburn, um, and he kind of fell off in his junior year. The fact is, Auburn's system is not set up for a guy like Jared Stidham to star as a passer. They're looking for more of that mobile guy like Bo Nix, who they have this year, um, who doesn't need to, you know, complete 70, 60% of his passes. He can go under 40%, you know, under 50% for some games and still be successful because of what he can do with his legs. Stidham can run, yes, but he wasn't set up to be successful in that system there. Um, I think he did himself a little bit of a disservice going to Auburn personally, Um, and I have friends who are from Auburn, and they're not going to like me saying that, Um, so I'll deal with that later. But, you know, I think if he had gone to a more – to a program set up for more of a pocket passer who can move – he would have been a little bit more successful and probably would have been a first rounder. Um, So I just think he has the tools to be successful. And, you know, I know there's a lot of speculation about the Pats taking a quarterback this year. They're not going to not, not early in the draft. Just stop kidding yourself. Well, I know you were one of those people actually that had him in the first round early in the year. I remember looking back at your mock draft from way back. I think it was, uh, you know, right after the 2018 NFL draft. And you had him in the first round. He had a few, a lot of quarterbacks in the first round of that mock, but Jared Sidham was one of those guys. Um, so, I, I, but I do want to ask, I mean, so why should people believe that he's going to be the guy when, you know, he's still a fourth round pick. I mean, my thought on it is this, under all possible paths for the Patriots, I know that one, one of the big points that a lot of people make here is the Patriots seem to be showing signs that Stidham is the guy. But under all possible, possible paths for them, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, the best scenario always includes teams thinking that they believe they have their quarterback and they don't want another quarterback whether that's when it comes to negotiating with other teams for picks or players negotiating with players and more pertinent to this discussion obviously making sure the draft falls the way they want it to so you know I know you think Stidham's the guy and I I I know you like Stidham and there's reasons to believe they think that all that too I'm just I'm not going to treat it as a certainty until it's proven to be true and from a philosophical standpoint until I know I have the guy not just think I have the guy until I know for sure Yep, that's the guy, and I've seen it at the NFL level, and I've seen it in games week week in, week out. I'm not going to stop looking for the guy. So as far as drafting some of these other guys, you mentioned some of the other you know, second-round, third-round guys. I mean, Jake Fromm stands out to me, and I want to ask you this. How have your feelings and opinions on Jake Fromm changed in the last two years? What did you think of him two or three years ago when he was a freshman? When he was a freshman, I thought he was going to be a first-round pick for sure. Um, you know, just the way he stepped in after Eason went down. Um, and, you know, I thought Eason was a great talent as well then. You know, still think – I still like him personally. Um, but he came in, you know, he's a high IQ guy, and he just commanded that offense. The issue for me with Jake Fromm is that he kind of regressed from there after those next two years. And it's not like he's a guy who had a – you know, a terrible offensive line. He didn't have a ton of receiver. You know, he didn't have a ton of great receivers this year. Um, George Pickens was a freshman. He kind of came on toward the end of there. Uh, but even last year, he digressed and he had Merkel Coleman. Um, you know, he had Isaac Nada. He had a lot of talented players on that team, and he just didn't get any better. This year, he took more steps down. And again, he's got two tackles who are probably going to go in the first round of this draft you know protecting him he's got a solid you know offensive line up front he's got DeAndre Swift who's gonna be the first running back off the board this year I think so it's not like he was on a bad team he just didn't impress me this year um and then you kind of get into watching him throw watching him test and you know these you know as much as the game film is the most important thing these things are too and he's not a 
He's not big. He's not, he doesn't have the strongest arm, you know, it's particularly not that strong, honestly. Um, in the, at the combine, it looked, you know, you watch the guy throwing, it looks like he's trying to put every bit that he has like into each throw and trying to throw it as hard as he can. And he wasn't accurate, which I think he's normally accurate. I think he was trying too hard and he's not a mobile guy. I mean, he can move around a little bit, but he's not going to run away from anybody. So for from, I think he's, he has a very high floor as a backup, like as a start, you know, spot starter, because he's going to be able to come in, learn your system and run the offense. But he's, I don't see him ever doing anything spectacular, you know, and that shouldn't be our standard for quarterbacks because only a couple guys can do that. But I just don't see a ton of upside with him. There's a lot of, you know, I think he's going to be a guy who, he needed to be in the right system. He could be a Drew Brees type of kid. You know, Drew isn't the most mobile guy. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's accurate and he runs the offense well. So, you know, maybe if Fromm ended up with the Saints in, you know, second or third round, somehow forget where they're picking, um, you know, that could be a good fit. I just, as a Patriots guy, I don't want to see us take him higher than we need to. I wouldn't mind if we got him at the end of the third round. That'd be great. You know, you always need quarterbacks. And the fact is we have Hoyer and Stidham and that's it. So you could always bring in a third guy. He could be trade bait. Um, but I don't want to see us reach on this guy. Yeah. And I think that's a fair criticism of the idea of taking from is that you might have to reach to get him because I agree with you. The third round is probably the right place to do it. But as far as the fit standpoint, I mean, you mentioned Drew Brees. That was the kind of comparison he was getting as a freshman. And that's, I think, why it makes it so eye-popping and intriguing, the idea of being able to get him where you can get him. Uh, and he, he, other than Drew Brees, there was another GM, I think, I, from Bleach Report that I saw say he has some of the intangibles you see in Tom Brady. That's what that's what the kind of guys these, this guy was getting compared to uh, in his freshman year in Georgia. And, you know, has he regressed so much? that the that the, the, those things don't matter anymore that those things aren't still interesting and shouldn't still you know be interest teams i mean you mentioned the fact that you know he he still had some talented players and that's great but you know a few of the talented players he had before when he did have that great success just to throw them out there were sony michelle and isaiah Wint, who are here with the patriots now and in a lot of ways you might look at it and you might say you know what the patriots love that georgia system they've drafted a lot of players out of georgia not just those two guys, but Malcolm Mitchell is another one that comes to mind that they've taken from Georgia. So they kind of have a, a connection to that school and a, and a liking for that school and, and the, the players they produce. So I wonder if they would look at Fromm, like with the school he comes from, like the program, like the fact that, hey, he's going to come here, he's going to be familiar with a few of the offensive players already there with Michelle and Isaiah Wynn, might be a few of the concepts that we like to run. And I think he could be a good fit from that standpoint, and I would be excited to see it from that standpoint. Does that intrigue you at all? Yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. I think he'd be a fine fit. I think Stidham has way more upside, and he's, you know, also the fact is he's been in the system for a year. He learned, you know, he was sat behind Tom Brady for a season. He knows the playbook, and I think we figured it out with the Patriots. You don't come in as a rookie or as a, even a veteran. Remember Ocho Cinco? Couldn't even make the team. Um, you can't come into this system and learn the, you know, know the playbook real quickly like that. So I don't think this is any sort of case where, if even if we got like Justin Herbert somehow, you know, that a quarterback would come in and you know start from day one. Um, but in terms of you know the Georgia connection and everything, you know, maybe Georgia's the next Rutgers for the Patriots. You know, I always we love getting players from there. Um, I can see it. It's a fit. 
I, again, I mean, my thing is I won't be mad if Jake Fromm becomes a Patriot, but if it's in the second round or we have to move assets in order to get to move up and get him, then I'm not going to be happy because, you know, I think you reach for quarterbacks when you have either one of two things. One, a, a rebuild going on, or you have a veteran quarterback who's on his way out and you want to get a successor. Brady's already gone. We got Sidham already, so that option's off the board. And I don't think this is a rebuild yet. You know, I don't think Belichick has, you know, he's going to, give in to some of the fans who want to just tank and I was one of them admittedly um who want to tank and just try to you know land Trevor Lawrence or something next year and you know get some more draft capital this year no I think he's gonna reload in this class and try to win um you know and we'll kind of talk about what I can see them doing in the first round you know early rounds of the NFL draft but you know I just don't see them reaching for any quarterback if Jake Fromm falls to them and the pick makes sense and, you know, I think if Belichick's looking the board and says this is the best player available, then, yeah, he'll definitely do it. Yeah, and I think that's what makes guys like Fromm and Herbert so intriguing is that these were both guys that were considered top five picks at one point. And the idea that you can get them late first or in the second round makes them more valuable to a lot of people. And, you know, it's still not necessarily the best move for the team, as I see what you're saying, that they need to use those higher picks on other players. So let's talk about that for a second. Who are some of the players you'd like to see the Patriots target in the first round? What would you do if you were them? Would you stay there and pick a player? Would you trade down and try to get into the second round? Is there a situation where if these guys are on the board, I would stay? If these guys aren't, I would trade down? Well, how would you kind of manage that pick if you were them? Uh, for now, I'm staying at 23. You know, I think there's going to, I think the main needs that, you know, for me personally, the top four things I want to see the Patriots do in this draft is number one, we need to replenish the linebacker depth. You know, we lost Kyle Van Noy, lost to Landon Roberts. Um, you know, we've taken a lot of hits there. And, you know, that's where a majority of our sack totals have come from in the last couple of years. Linebackers are so important to this defense. So in the first round, you know, for me, my top two targets are Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. Um, Queen coming from LSU, being an athletic outside line, you know, kind of inside outside linebacker, um, guy who can cover very well as a great athlete. And then you have Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, multi-year captain, um, just an absolute tackling machine in the middle of the field. I think personally, for me, I'd like Murray, um, and I was on Queen's side for a long time, uh, but I've kind of come around to Murray just because it's that character fit. Put him aside beside Donta Hightower, and he can kind of take over for him because Hightower's getting a little older. Um, so that's my number one choice. Um, in terms of other first-round targets, you know, one that often gets – uh, mock to the Patriots is the Penn State edge rusher Etor Grossmatos. High upside guy, good character. Um, you know, I can see that being a need because the fact is we really don't have that much in terms of edge rushers right now. Some of our top returners are, you know, Chase Winovich and Shelly Calhoun. Um, you need to get more of an edge presence. I know, again, I mentioned it, a lot of our sack totals come from our linebackers, but, you know, Gross Matos has been compared to a guy like Chandler Jones, and I can't, you know, I can see Belichick wanting to get that type of player in and potentially build the defense around him going forward. So that's another option. And then, you know, there's a couple other needs we could go with in the first round to say, you know, I think linebacker edge um, would be my top. If one of the top wide receivers falls, we need depth. 
you know, Nikhil Harry, I still believe in him, but Edelman's getting older, and right now Harry's the second on the depth chart. Um, you know, if a Justin Jefferson fell to 23 somehow, I'd be all for that. Good size, can play in the slot. The Patriots will love that, and it'll give Stidham a great target. Um, you know, other players who could be in consideration, maybe if he's there, is Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. You know, David Andrews was out last year. Ted Harris is gone. You know, it might be good to get some insurance at the center or in interior offensive line. Um, and Ruiz is a great value at that point. Um, obviously, they're. I'm sure they're going to do their homework on Jordan Love at this pick. Just don't think it's going to happen. And maybe cornerback. Um, you know, obviously we have Gilmore, but the other Jason McCourty is you know getting a little older. So maybe an AJ Terrell or Christian Fulton might be a pick there. Okay, so you talked about Ed Rusher there. I do want to ask, you mentioned Chase Winovich. I do feel like he's a guy that can slide in and make a big impact. So, I mean, in a limited role last year, he didn't play much at all. And he had five and a half sacks, which I think was third or fourth on the team. He ranked pretty high on the team for, you know, not having started a game. You know, it was just a situational guy. So I feel like in a larger role where he takes over that Kyle Van Noy role full time or, you know, one of those positions that he can really help in the edge department. And that's why I don't have as, as much of a concern about that position. I think linebacker overall, you're right. They do, did also lose uh, and landed Roberts there. So, I mean, they lost uh, and Jamie Collins as well. So it, it is a, still something they're going to need to address. Even if you do believe like I do, Chase Winovich can step in and fill one of those roles is still too much spots you're talking about. They did sign Brandon Copeland, who... I don't know, can he fill a Landon Roberts role at all? I mean, I, I'd say that that's something you can maybe hope for and he, that he can be a guy that steps in there as a linebacker who, you know, comes in when you're playing for linebacker sets. It can, you know, just be an average guy that can, uh, tr you know, keep your head, keep set above water. And then I think it's that last spot, that Jamie Collins spot you're talking about. And I think, yeah, someone like Patrick Queen you mentioned, but I think would, would be perfect for that. So just about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see as far as that goes. I do want to ask you, as far as the fact that they don't have a second round pick, would you like to see them make a move to try to acquire a second round pick? Because I know you said you don't want to trade down. Is there something else you could see them doing to get back into the second round? Whether that is trading Joe Tooney, which a lot of people have talked about. Can they get a second round pick for him? And can they t turn that into a pick for them? Would you like to see, I know you talked about you don't want to see them trade up for Jake Fromm. Would you like to see them trade up another for another player in the second round? Would you like to see them trade picks for next year to get into the second round? What would you like to see them do? How badly do you want to see them get into the second round? Um, but yeah, in terms, obviously we don't have a second round pick this year uh, after the Muhammad Sanu trade, which that we can safely say was not worth it. He was never worth a second round pick, but we got to move on from that. Um, you know, moving down from 23 is a possibility, um, especially if, you know, Bill just doesn't like any of the players there. You know, I trust him on this one. Just take the best player available, and if you don't see him move down, um, one thing, you know, trading Joe Tooney could be a potential option as well. I know he's franchise tagged, but I can see them making a deal and getting some extra capital. And you know, the other thing to consider is we have 12 picks in this year's draft class, um, four in the top 100 and another three in the top 200. So there's plenty of pieces we have to move around. Um, one thing I'd love to see is them keep 23 and take you know, either Gross Matos, Murray, or Queen, hit, you know, get that defensive playmaker, trade up into the back end probably or middle of the second round, and draft Cole Komet. If anyone saw my earlier mock drafts this year, uh, the moment he declared, I put him to the Patriots in multiple 
multiple drafts. Um, the kid is a poor man's Gronk, in my opinion. You know, he's obviously taken a little bit of a fall. Just, you know, the tight end value in this class isn't very high. You know, he is the star of it, in my opinion, still. He's not going to get the separation from defenders that you're used to. But, you know, this guy can block. He can run through people. Catches very well. So I think he's just the perfect Patriots player. So if they can trade back up in the second round, maybe move some of those third round picks. We have like three very close together. I can see that happening. And I think that'd be just a great pick. Maybe him or Adam Trotman, who's been compared to, you know, George Kittle in ways. He was very tenacious, can block, can catch. Um, just not the size of commit, but you know, getting Komet or Trotman, because the fact is we saw it last year without a tight an inline tight end and honestly just a talented tight end. This offense does not work the same and it's it's pretty unbearable to watch. So that's something the Patriots need to figure out. And you know, obviously Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper were on the market this year. Henry got tagged. Hooper was, you know, signed with Cleveland, which is still just mind boggling to me. But you know, if they can't get anything done in the draft, maybe try to pull a trade for David and Joku, maybe. Uh, but I think tight end should be addressed, and if they can move up into the second round, that would be just awesome. Yeah, I think all those things you said I liked. The Joku trade is something I've talked about before. The the one thing, the one reason I think I I would be unsure if Cleveland's ready to trade him is because last year. Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski's offensive coordinator did feature both Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph very heavily so I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland features a lot of double tight end sets especially because they don't really have a good third wide receiver right now so I could see them running a lot of sets that have Landry and Beckham Hooper and Njoku and Chubb out there as their five-man units I could see that being something they consistently use and don't stray from the guy you mentioned there Adam Trotman is someone I love I want to get to that in a second but I want to ask you if they do want Kmet or Trotman can they get them in the third round, or do you think they have to trade up? It would be a miracle, I think, if they'd fall, because they are the top two tight ends right now. Um, I don't think you can wait until the back half of the third round to take those guys. You have to get up into at least the back half of the second round, I think, um, You know, after maybe the top, top 50, um, just to make sure you get your guy. And I think that's you know every GM in the NFL is playing this game right now. What pick do I have to get to in order to get the guys I want? So, you know, for Komet especially, he's going to be the top tight end out of this class. You have to get to, you know, maybe uh, just off the top of my head, maybe like 55 or something. You have to get to a mid-50s at least. Even I would even jump that because Chicago, you know, they have 43 and 50 in this class. And they are a team that has nothing at the tight end position right now. Um Trey Burton has not worked out. Adam Shaheen, who was a second-round pick a couple years ago, has literally been non-existent in that offense. So they're a team that I can easily see going for commit. Um, so I think you got to jump. You might have to jump up to 42 and if you really want him. His value has him dropping past that, but team needs will push him back up the board. And another team that you didn't mention there, the Tennessee Titans, who are moving on from Delaney Walker, and they have the 61st overall pick. And I could see them 100% going for a tight end. I could see mm-hmm. them trading up for one. Uh, can you talk about Trotman's rise real quick? Because as I recall, he was maybe the fourth, fifth tight end at best on a lot of draft boards before the combine, and now he's risen to number two. I mean, is that is that what you've seen as well? Because I remember him being much lower when I was initially getting into all this draft stuff, and now I see him consistently listed right behind Komet as the second best tight end in this class. Yeah, I had no idea who he was, to be honest, coming out of it. Uh, 
I think the tight end group was something that I hadn't done a lot of research on prior to kind of the draft season starting. Um, but solid test numbers from him. And you just kind of watch. And I think it's his style of play and the need for those inline tight ends in the NFL nowadays that's really brought him up and the fact that he can kind of do it all. Um, and like I said, you know, I've heard one great comparison was a poor man's George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle's worked out pretty well for the 49ers. So just kind of a mean, tough kid who can block and can catch and can run routes solid and has good um, foot speed, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Quickness. Um, Yeah, I think that's brought him up. And the fact is, it's not a very strong class, which has also helped him out quite a bit. Uh, It's him and Komet. And then you have kind of niche guys, you know, you have Bryson Tompkins, who runs really good routes but can't block. You have Hunter Henry, who's like this basketball player out there, but he can't Hunter block. Hunter Bryant, you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. Personally, I like Hunter Bryant, and you know, I think he's kind of an Evan Ingram type, and I'd love to see that on the Patriots as well. Um, but I prefer, you know, the inline style first. Yeah, and I mean, I love Adam Trumman, and I think I've seen what a lot of people have seen. You talk about it started at the combine. He ran that three cone, ran the, an insane three cone for a tight end which was just ridiculous. And that immediately, as soon as you hear that, that's when you start thinking Patriots. And I do more research on him. I hear people calling him the best blocker in the draft at tight end. And you say a poor man's George Kittle. People say that to kind of, you know, couch it a little bit because this guy, the fact is, if people knew this guy was going to be George Kittle, they'd take him in the first round. But he's not, not that kind of prospect. Exactly. Right, but he's not that kind of prospect, so they take him in the second and third. But George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Robert Gronkowski, these guys go in the second and third rounds. So he has every chance to be that good. Tight ends can be that good when you get him in that spot. A lot of players can, uh, quite frankly. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy that I absolutely love from that standpoint. You think about the fact, like you just said, he's a great athlete. You watch his tape at Dayton, and... It, Dayton does not have a very good football program very very clearly because their field looks like a high school field almost uh, when you watch them play. And he, you know, he stands out. He does look like Gronk a little bit. And George Kittle, like you said, I mean, that's the kind of player he profiles as. I mean, you hear this stuff that he ran this insane three cone and he's the best blocker. Those are two things you know the Patriots are going to love. So he stands out to me. He's risen so much that I don't think they're going to get him, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he's going to fall to them. I don't think they, they're going to be able to trade back up for him. I don't think they, that's something they're going to have interest in, so that's unfortunate. But he was someone that I immediately, immediately pegged after seeing his tape, hearing the things I was hearing about him, watching him at the Combine, that I thought it would be a perfect Patriot. They, if they're lucky enough to get him, that would be wonderful. But um, I, I, unfortunately, I don't see it happening. One guy that I know a lot of people are going to talk about and have talked about, the, the talking him's kind of died down a little bit, but a guy you haven't mentioned yet, Thaddeus Moss, who's, uh, right now I'm looking at it, I mean, Matt Miller has him at the tail end of the top 10 of his tight end rankings. So he's at number eight for him right now. Um, I mean, he's a guy that you're talking about third, fourth round pick, I suppose, being Thaddeus Moss. Not a great blocker, more of a receiver. Uh, you know, so like you said, that in, in the way that same way with some of these other guys you mentioned, uh, the Patriots might not like that, but a player that I could see fitting in to them to with them to some extent. I mean, not to bring up this guy's name, I know he did some horrible things off the field, but reminds me of it uh, play style wise, at least of a little bit of Aaron Hernandez and some of the good things he was able to do here before he, you know, obviously went off the rails and and did the horrible things that he did. Um, so I, I think from that standpoint, Thaddeus Moss could fit in with the Patriots and play that kind of role and bring it more that kind of, you know, speedy, versatile, you know, pass catching offensive threat tight end to the offense. And, uh, you know, a lot of the talk about him coming here, obviously, was how nice it'd be to have Brady DeMoss again. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I think that Thaddeus Moss could still kind of work here and work with Jared Stidham. What, what do you think about Thaddeus Moss? 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I agree with all of that you said, and he's just not the athlete that some of these guys are and not what Hernandez was, and I think that's the reason why he's dropping down. I love him as a pass catcher. I think he runs solid. You know, he seems to run solid routes. He's got good hands. I just, you know, it's his athletics that aren't going to blow anybody away, and that's why he's going to be probably a fourth round, maybe, you know, worst, best case late third, uh, worst case early fifth uh, round player. But I think he'll come in to have a solid NFL career. I just don't think he's going to blow anybody away. Um, And the fact is, he's not as much of a blocker. You don't really need to be in that Joe Brady offense. Um, He's going to be more scheme-specific. Does a team need a receiving tight end? You know, a lot of these guys, for tight ends, it is scheme-specific. And, I mean, I think Thaddeus Moss could easily work out as a Patriot. Um, Are they going to prioritize him? I mean, I just don't see it. I think they're going to try to get their... You know, they're guys like Trotman or Komet or, you know, somebody else in that part ballpark there. But, you know, at the right value, I can see it. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear about Randy Moss's kid that he's not athletic enough. Not what you'd expect to hear <laughs> from the child of one of the most athletic freaks at the position in the NFL, so NFL history. So, um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see if that works out. I know it'd, it'd be a nice uh, thing for uh, fans for nostalgia, which isn't necessarily the reason to do it. But, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be a nice little fit there with the Patriots. And, uh, you know, they, they do need a pass-catching tight end, to be honest. And, you know, if they, We lost if they Tom can, Brady. We need something good. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know necessarily that they'd want one because they do like the versatile tight ends. They look like, like the players that can do both. But we'll see. We'll see if they, they decide to switch it up this year. They certainly did last year. A lot of people didn't expect them to go wide receiver in the first round because that's not what they typically do. And they went to Keel Harry. So um, we'll see how all that works out. Real quick, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about some some overall draft stuff. Uh, one thing, you, you mentioned the wide receivers uh, a, a bit earlier and talked about Justin Jefferson and some of the top guys. I want to talk about the depth of this position because that's what a lot of people have been talking about. How, just put it in perspective for, for some of the people out there. How deep is this wide receiver class really like when we're talking about the third, fourth, fifth round, even like what kind of talents are we talking about that that are probably still going to be available in that range? You're going to find guys who can probably start um, in the NFL from day one in, you know, your rounds, late three, four, five. I'll put it out in my final mock. That's going to come out. You know, I do my top, my final top 10 rankings for every position. I did top 20 for, um, the wide receivers just because it's just an insane class and you know you have to give all these guys the credit that they deserve um, but you know just guys who are literally ranked you know as the 15th through 20th best receivers in this class you know third round fourth round you're gonna see guys like Lynn Bowden from Kentucky who you know pretty much did everything right played quarterback, played wide receiver. He's a dynamic guy who can go down the field and literally could also be your Taysom Hill. You know, Van Jefferson, who wasn't the most productive player at Florida, but he showed out in the draft process. And he's a guy who, he's not the best athlete. He's not going to always beat you over the top. But, you know, the way he runs routes, he's going to get open. And that's really all you need to do in the NFL. As long as you can catch the ball with your hands and get open, you're going to be fine. K.J. Hill, um, you know, who can play the slot from Ohio State. Very productive career. Brian Edwards from South Carolina. He's a guy who's going to fall because he's been injured throughout this entire draft process. So he hasn't been able to do anything. You know, guys like 
Lavishka Chenault, who have been hurt during this process, they were, you know, he's a first round player. He's probably going to drop to potentially the third round just because this class is so deep and guys like Michael Pittman, KJ Hamler, you know, Devin Duvernay, all these guys are moving up the boards. Um, and then, you know, even, you know, these guys are probably fourth, fifth rounds here, but like Colin Johnson from Texas, he runs pretty solid. He's 6'6, 215. Um, so that's a fun target to have in the end zone. And then James Prochet from SMU, a guy I'm starting to really fall in love with. Great hands. You know, the athleticism's okay, um, but just a great productive receiver in the in college. And, you know, I find a lot of these guys who they're more productive at the college level, they tend to do very well in the NFL. And then you just got a lot of different guys. I'd say a Hodgins from Ohio, from a, I, what's the word? Oregon State. I saw the O there. Um, you know, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee. There's all these guys you can get late. And the fact is, there's so many of them that you know, Brandon Ayuk, for example, first round, first round talent. Denzel Mims, first round talent. Um, all these guys. T. Higgins, first round talent, in my opinion, and my fifth wide receiver because I freaking love him. You know. They're going to get pushed down to the second, third. You know, not those guys particularly. They'll go second round. Um, but all these teams are going to look at the board and go, all right, we need a wide receiver, but we can get a starter much later than this. Let's just not take a guy. Let's take another position that we need. And eventually that's going to have a trickle-down effect. And all these guys are literally not going to be taken because teams are just saying, oh, we can take one later. So it's actually probably a really bad year to be a wide receiver um, because you're going to get, unless you're Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, or Henry Ruggs, you are going to get pushed down the board due to other team needs. So it's that's just that's how it is. If you're a fantasy football player, um, you're going to find – guys who are getting drafted in the fourth, fifth round as you're like, I'm going to take these guys late in my draft because they're probably going to get playing time pretty early. So that's it. I mean, it's just, it's a historically deep wide receiver class. And then, you know, you have guys like, you know, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, who I don't even think is that great, but you know, he had a great college career. He's probably going to get drafted in like the sixth, seventh round maybe. So you can find talent. And I want to circle back something uh, something you said actually a while before about the Bears need for a tight end because the I don't know if you saw this but just while we've been recording the Bears just released Trey Burton. So it's uh if if it wasn't clear enough that they were going for a tight end they they uh, cut bait with him and then they're definitely going to look at that position in the draft. So um he he came in and did absolutely nothing in that offense. Yeah, and I, I, it's pretty clear what the Bears do and what they what they've been looking for uh, in terms of their offensive skill position players. They're looking for those speedy guys, the twitchy guys. They have Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton, fast guys at their position, guys that you know. And but beyond that, you're talking about Taylor Gabriel. So they kind of go for that that typical kind of mold of, of player that's trying to outrun everybody. They're trying to win a track race, and it just didn't work out with Trey Burton. So um, you know, maybe they maybe they go with one of these players that you're talking about, like uh, Bryson Hopkins or something like that. But you know, definitely in, in that second round, if you can, if they they might also be targeting Cole Komet, Adam Drummond, one of those guys. Um, and I want to bring up something else now. I want to talk about. The last thing we're going to talk about is that fact that uh, there, there are reports out today that from Ian Rappaport, Daniel Jeremiah, that people kind of think that the, the, the all the mock drafts out there are just wrong this year. I mean, so the, the Daniel Jeremiah started it by saying that he doesn't think there's going to be a lot of groupthink this year's draft. 
because scouts and coaches haven't had the opportunity to get together at pro days and kind of talk about different players and, you know, just just come to a, much of a consensus. So there's a lot of differing opinions is what he believes. And Rappaport followed that up by saying that one GM told him that the media is wronger about mock drafts this year than they've ever been. So uh, so they're kind of setting the, the table there for some players being taken a lot higher than people expect. And, you know, some players falling, I suppose, and that th- there being a lot of differing opinions from teams on this draft. So what do you think of those rumors out there that this draft's going to be crazier and, and, and go much differently than anybody projects right now? The fact is, I expect my mock to be terrible compared to what the actual draft is this year. You know, typically my standard is if I can get seven to eight picks right you know with that being either the player is selected by that team at that pick or that player goes at that pick maybe to a different team or that team gets that player in the first round just at a different pick you know if I get seven or eight right then I'm a pretty happy guy but yeah this year we don't have the intel that's the thing so many teams missed out on pro days um you know a couple teams were able to sneak it in. Clemson got theirs in, and you know T. Higgins ran in the four fives, which is why I'm like, okay, he didn't run at the combine, so I can move him up a little bit now that he's actually got a time there. But a lot of guys also didn't run at the combine because they changed it, the format and everything, and how players are running at night. So there's not a lot of testing on these guys. We don't know as many, you know, who teams are going to see, you know, who, you know, there's just. There's a lack of rumors out there. It's all speculation and mock drafts nowadays have to be based off, you know, what people are hearing, what the position needs are, and pretty much how the media values players. Um, So I expect to be very wrong in this one. And again, it's just literally a lack of resources. Um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to try to put my final mock draft for just the first round out, you know, Thursday morning. Wednesday, I'm going to be just scouring the internet looking at every rumor because, you know, I've had Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs going in the top 10, Mekhi Becton as well, Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia going, you know, outside the top 10. Now there's a rumor that he's going to be the first tackle off the board and a definite top 10. CJ Henderson's now apparently a top 10 lock. Two is falling. We, we can't get medicals on players. We can't see who's going to these pro days. We can't get any extra testing. It's it's absolute insanity. So it's all speculation. And all you can do is essentially just provide your best guess. Because unless you are literally in a team's war room and know how they're actually valuing these guys, you just have to go off game tape. And you know I think that's actually kind of a benefit for some teams this year because a lot of times – Guys will get swept up in, you know, the 40 times and everything. You know, Henry Ruggs ran a 4-2-7. That's, you know, that's an unbelievable time. And all these guys get swept up in that. But now you kind of have to focus more on the tape and what these guys actually did in the field. And Ruggs is a bad example because I think he's a great receiver in general. And it's not just the 40 speed. He just confirmed that he was really fast. Um But guys who maybe didn't run the best at the combine, you know, and a guy who I am kind of lower on than a lot of people, but Jalen Rager plays a lot faster than the 4-4 or 4-4-2 that he ran at the combine. He plays a lot faster on the field. So a lot of teams, they're going to have to focus more on the tape and, you know, they're going to draft football players. They're not going to draft athletes or guys who have good medicals. They're going to draft just that, you know, it hurts some players, but like, 
like Tua, for example, you know, they can't medically check him out, and he's pro- I'm going to call it right now. He's probably dropping out of the top 10 because you can't draft a player who you don't know is going to be able to stay on the field, but it's also helping certain guys like Andrew Thomas. He played left tackle at Georgia for two years. The other guys didn't, and he might get pushed up because there's not even going to be rookie mini camps or anything. So it's all speculation, and you just have to go off in rumors, but, you know, again, the bottom line, we just don't have the intel this year. All right. Well, Nathan, thank you for joining us. We are going to come back with a mock draft with you and Colin Ganada from Guy Boston Sports in a few days. But thank you for coming on, talking Patriots and some more NFL draft notes with us. And guys, be sure to check out Nathan's mock draft series. He has going to keep posting those, as he said. Um, and he's going to have one more, at least one more before the draft. So be sure to check that out. And you can follow him on Twitter at NASGuyBoston. Follow me on Twitter at KGWGBS. Follow the pod on Twitter at WeGetSmartProject and everything over at Guy Boston Sports. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days for the Guy Boston Sports Mock Draft Show.